Welcome to the Weathercock Podcast. Welcome to another episode of the Weathercock Podcast slash today Money Matters Podcast with Sunil Mehta, coach, money coach extraordinaire, who's here to unpack different subjects and topics about money matters. And this week we're going to go and deep dive into the subject of inflation. You certainly know about it and you've probably felt it. But there's much more to it than meets the eye. And with Sumail, his ideas, his thoughts, his perspectives, and whatever wisdom he shares with us always hits the mark. And I can tell you on this episode, he hits the mark again. And I love the way Sumail always stays authentic and real in the subjects concerning money. So I will see you at the end of the episode. A very important segment of the Weathercock podcast that I was really looking forward to uh, restarting again because you were gone traveling for a while and we had to sort of press pause on it. And just life in general made it that we weren't able to connect again and do it. So I'm really, really happy that you're back here to do more segments of Money Matters because it's one of the most popular segments that we have on the podcast. And I think really insightful, um, filled with wisdom and certainly comes from someone who wakes up every day, goes to work, makes money, but has some great insight on how we can better manage our money. So for our first episode, I wanted to give you a few numbers and I want to talk to you about how we should shift our mindset, keep our mindset for a 2024 that either can be a thriving 2024 or maybe a challenging 2024. So I took out some numbers this morning before we connected of the Canadian economy because we're both in Canada. And what they're saying is that our household income has gone up 1%. Disposable income has gone up 21%. Our savings has gone up 5.2%. Inflation has been kept pretty steady throughout the year. Yet, when I look at the news, I see massive layoffs everywhere. Big companies that are just laying off people. When I go to the grocery store, I want to buy a broccoli that used to be 99 cents to $1.49 is now $3.49, sometimes even $4.97. And something that has shocked me is margarine, which used to be $2.99, maybe sometimes even $1.99. A small uh, recipient of margarine is like $8.99. I mean, how can we survive this 2024 when you just go into a grocery store and know that it's going to cost you sometimes between 20 to $50 more than what it cost you last year. And it doesn't seem to be any relief coming along the way. And this doesn't count with everything else, just, you know, increasing in price. I was looking at going to see a, a rock show, a rock show, which last year could have been 60, $65 for a ticket is now a hundred, $110. So musicians, artists are paying more at the gas pump. So prices are increased there, but in general, the inflation is there. So I have a hard time believing inflation is steady, but hey, those are the numbers that we get from the government. But now that you have all this information, what kind of mindset do we need to have tackling this brand new year, we're only 30 days in, to thrive with our money in 2024 so that we can still save and have fun at disposable income? and not create more debt for ourselves. 
Thank you very much, Rod. Uh, first of all, I want to just say thank you for having me again here. Uh, it's always uh, fun and have a good time uh, at Weathercock Podcast. So thank you so much for again having me here. Uh, let's dive right di into it. Um, the question that he asked actually is something that I think about every day. Um, anyone that I talk to, all my friends, colleagues at work, customers who come in to buy cars, they've all shared that inflation has hit them in a certain way. Uh, even, even though you mentioned that some of the stats did mention that the disposable income has gone up, savings and has gone up by 5.2%. Even though we still see companies laying off people, people are impacted in big ways, mortgage interest rates have gone to all-time high in, that we have not seen in decades, right? So I think in this, in this time, going back to the question, the type of mindset that we need is to be very resilient. When I, what I mean by uh, that is anyone you meet, there will be people who will be saying, oh, it's very bad out there. Groceries have gone up. Like you mentioned, margarine has gone up. Broccoli has gone up. Salads have gone up. Uh, at the end of the day, whatever income you made, that income is still there. Your expenses have gone up slightly. If you technically focus on, oh, okay, my monthly spending has gone up by, let's say, $100 or $200, what can you do? What's in your control is the most important thing here. So uh, if I were to elaborate for myself, right now what I'm doing is, even though my groceries has gone up slightly, that is not something that's in my control. I cannot do anything about it at the moment other than vote the right government next time or something like that. But at the moment, I cannot do anything about groceries going up, rent going up, or mortgage interest rates going up. What I can do is things like investing my money in a place where I get better returns. Most importantly, investing my money in a place where I have access to it, not locking it away for a couple of years in, in the times of uncertainty. So that's another thing to make sure that you invest your money in a way it's accessible to you. Invest your money in a place where you get higher returns. And uh, last but not the least, not stress yourself out. Because a lot of stress spending has gone up too. If you uh, look at the statistics, alcohol, cigarette sales, drug sales. I just read the news. Uh, I might be off by some some amount. But what I heard was uh, Canada sold. 15 billion, more than 15 billion of weed or cannabis last year. So during these times, as you as you can see, the 15 billion is quite a bit. People are spending a lot on various addictions. These are some of the things we can control to have our money saved and managed properly. Going to uh, the next topic, which is layoff. I think layoffs have impacted a lot of people, but after the layoff, what you do is highly important. If you go on LinkedIn or if you go on Indeed or any other website, job portals, there are thousands of jobs still where they need people. They are hired. So you just have to pick your industry accordingly. If you are laid off, it's time to open the horizon a little bit and not stick to only one field or one area of employment that you have always been in. It's okay to try something new and try something which is even more thriving in this times. Like, for example, sales industry. Like, during recession, 
companies want better pe people who are good at sales because they are the ones who will bring more money in for the company to thrive. In this economy, people who can sell will thrive because you are bringing more money in for the company, even in the tough times. That means company will continue producing same income, same revenue in order for them to generate or keep their stocks or company's reputation at where it is. So I think if you are laid off, you have to just be resilient. Think about what, what is something you can do that can help you strive. Uh, AI is growing at all-time high. You can take courses that can help you learn more AI skills. You can take courses to do how to learn how to do trading. There's always things you can do and change as long as you're willing to grow and resiliently do things rather than just surrendering and saying, oh, I can't do anything. I'm a victim. I'm laid off. My company did this to me. You're going to go on LinkedIn and you're going to put some toxic things that the company did to you. That's not going to help you eventually. What, what's going to help you is saying, this is what happened to me and now I want to change and grow. What can I still do that can help me in this kind of economy? Yeah, long-winded answer, but yes, I wanted to address all the points. I think those are all great answers. And I do want to ask you, when we're talking groceries, and I'll give you something that I do, I mean, life, uh, not life, but food is a basic need. Is We need food, we need shelter, uh, we need the basics. 100%. When it comes to food, I always shop with coupons. Yes. On Thursdays, I look through the app, the Rebe app, making giving it a free plug here, but still it's great. And I go through all the local grocery stores and I see what's on sale. And I basically hold myself to going into a grocery store and say, okay, this week, grapes are on sale. I'm going to go with grapes. Um, pineapple is on sale. I'll go with the pineapple this week. Oh, um, green beans are on sale. I'll go with green. So I, I shop by where the rebates are. And I'm very careful with that so that I don't, if their salad is eight bucks and I'm just not going to have salad that week, I'm going to change up my, my diet, I guess, or my likes and dislikes and say, Oh, I'm not, I'm just not going to buy that this week. Because what I do find has not gone up is chips and junk in general. You always have pop and chips real cheap, but the good stuff, the nutrients, the things that yeah. keep us healthier are the ones that have really gone up. But if you shop by what is on sale that week, there's a huge difference in your basket that you can do. Um, now, we, that is just one part. But what about, like, you know, your cable, your subscriptions? Is there, like, something that we could do to sort of manage it better? Because God knows today it's, you know, there's so many different subscribe uh, subscriptions that you can have for, for television, for music, for radio. And what about our internet provider and stuff? Is there stuff that we can actually just go back and say, where can I cut? Where can I, you know, limit my spending or look for better deals? What's your thoughts on that? I'm very, very glad, Rod, that you asked me this question because it comes all the time with all my friends and anywhere I go, this conversation comes up all the time. And I love it. I love it so much. I can talk about it all day. So uh, the thing with... You've hunted out a very good thing. The chips and junk, their prices have not gone up. They still, you can still buy a can of pop in a dollar or two dollars, right? They have just reduced the sizes. The chips have half packet of air inside, and same thing with the pops. The can sizes have gone uh, smaller. 
but they are not increase the price because they know no one will buy them otherwise. And nutrients like fruits, vegetables, those things have gone up. But you'll be very surprised. And of course, I'm very grateful for everything that I have. I've still not looked at the grocery prices as the prices have gone up. I've not started looking at, oh, what can I do to maybe reduce what I'm eating or buying my eating habits, grocery habits. They've all stayed the same. I think what we should more be more focused on is the big ticket items. Big ticket items is what is actually creating that stretch in people's finances. So for example, in this time, when you already know the interest rates are at all time high, you shouldn't finance something that's not needed at a very high rate. Your credit card's interest rate is 22%. You shouldn't rack up too much on the credit card by buying expensive things. And I know um, we'll talk more about it in our in our next uh, topic, but during Christmas, during holidays, this the full season, last season, people did shop spend a lot of money at malls, on cell phones, on expensive clothing, expensive purses, expensive alcohol, right? Those are the things I think you can cut back on rather than cutting on day-to-day. You cannot live without eating an apple, kiwi every day. You need fruits just to keep yourself sane and, right? You need fruits, you need vegetables, you need food, you need cable, Internet, you can barely save $5. Let's say if you shop around a lot, you'll probably find a good deal, save $10 a month. But then next month, you went and bought a $90,000 car when your salary is only $50,000. That's going to take away all your fruits and vegetables of the whole year. So I think those are, you took a nice, luxurious vacation when you could have done a small, long weekend trip, but you went on a $8,000 trip. I think you could have cut cut back on those things, right? So my my saying is just very, my thought process is very simple. I'm not saying don't travel, don't do luxurious trips. If you have money, for sure, go ahead. Plan that even $50,000 vacation is fine. But when you know that you're struggling to pay cable bills or fruits and vegetables, and on the other hand, you're spending 8000 on a luxurious trip, that's where the imbalance kicks in. Because now you're going to come back from your trip. You wouldn't have gone to work for a while. Your rent was also on when you were away. Your cable bill was on when you were away. Those bills don't stop if you go for a two-week trip. You, your insurance, you can park it for a couple of days, but that's pretty much it. All the other bills continue. So I think in this economy, when you know that things are uncertain, things are going up, and you can control that. You cannot go tell the grocery chains, to cut the prices into half to, to put it back where they were before pandemic or before one year. You can't do that. But what you can do is control your side of things, like for example, planning expensive gifts. And we have talked about it in one of our other Money Matters episode as well. Birthdays, anniversaries. Yes, it's good to buy your loved ones something, your partner something, but you don't have to always go out of the way, buy an expensive gadget for them when you both know your financial situation is not in a position where you should buy them a $1,000 gadget or $2,000 gadget, they're going to be happy temporarily. But when you're going to say, no, you can't buy a bowl of salad, they're not going to be happy. <laughs> so it, I'd rather let them buy a bowl of salad, which which you can't cut on necessarily, honestly, you, but you can cut on other things, right? So those are some of the things I would say we can we can work on. That's a good point. So what you're saying is that, and I, it kind of opened up 
this new reflection on my part of saving pennies on the dollar is not what's going to keep you resilient. Hundred percent. Yes, you can save on your groceries. You can look for a new internet provider that'll save you a few bucks every week. But the thing is, is to take an overview, have an overview of all that you're spending and what it is that you're spending your money on exactly. And look for those big ticket items that are mm-hmm. costing you either monthly or quarterly, yeah. depending on your, your habits. Am I getting that right? Yeah. And, and I, this is also one of the, but I'd just like to put a, a like mention it again. Um, we talked about this in our first episode. Friends also is an important part of all this, like who you hang out with. If you know your friends are taking you to bars or pubs or clubs every week where your bills are over three, four or $500, you have to really cut on those things, right? Or big car, expensive car, expensive gadgets in those times when you're not financially strong. Again, nothing wrong with spending $500 in a nice club. It's all good. You can do it. But as long as you know that after coming back from that club, Next day, you're going to go for groceries and you won't even buy avocados because you spent so much in the club. That's mm. when you're not doing it right. So you really have to focus on the big ticket items, who you hang out with. If your friends are the type of people who are planning stuff every week, maybe their financial, financial situation is good. It supports. But maybe your financial situation doesn't support it. You can say no to it. You don't mm. have to really participate in every plans that they make, right? Mm. What I'm hearing here is that, do you believe that we're not responsibilizing ourselves enough in terms of our spending? And we're often saying, oh, it's inflation, recession, layoffs, everything is bleak, everything is negative. Let's save on a pineapple. Let's be careful on who gives us our internet or what subscription we have. When in fact, we're not so bad off. It's just that we're not actually looking at it from the right way in terms of an overall overview of how much money we make versus how much money leaves our pocket for unnecessary spending. And then we end up saying, well, I don't have any more money. I got to do my grocery shopping. So I got to be look at the specials and I'll do three different grocery stores to go buy, yeah. save a few dollars. And I'm going to spend the same amount on gas, just running around getting those things. Is it just that we're not responsibilizing ourselves enough in terms of, of our money? And we're just looking for quick, dollars on the pennies and blaming others or blaming the, the recession on the fact that we're not making enough money, we don't have enough money, or is it a little bit of give and take? Exactly. I would say it's it's a little bit of give and take. Not I, w- I wouldn't say everybody is not responsible, but I would definitely say that a lot of people who are saying that because of it, like I've seen people who make $100,000 still say it's not enough. Hmm. <laughs> It's also because, of course, sometimes our lifestyle comes in our way. Uh, if you're doing Starbucks every day, maybe you can just buy a pack of Starbucks or Tim Hortons coffee from Starbucks yeah. from Costco and just make your coffee at home, right? Mm-hmm. So I would say uh, it all comes down to what you're making versus what you're spending. It just has to balance a little bit. And on what you like, you should spend more. I like eating avocados. I'm not going to cut down on it. Even if they become $15, I will have to still get the avocados because I like them. But I'll now come home and think about what are some of the things I can cut back on now. Maybe one weekend, I'll not go. If I go every week 
to see my friends outside dessert or something, right? I'll try to see what I love the most. I'll continue spending on it. And what I don't love the most, but I'm just spending on that because of peer pressure, friends, family, something, then I'll try to cut back on those things rather rather than cutting on a salt salad bowl, which is not going to really save me any more than $500. Funny enough, actually, uh, we t- we're talking about this. I'll, I'll point out an item that me and my wife were talking about. I love watching movies. We go for movies every week. And my wife just said, I think you're spending too much money on movies. I said, you know what? It's a good thing you brought up. Let's count. We went last full year to see how much money we have spent on movies. I wanted to see because I love watching movies so much. I wanted to see whether am I actually spending that much? Let's see. We counted. It came to about $600 a year. Full year, $600. And now I'm thinking if I cut down movies, watching movies, if I reduce it, it's $50 a month. Even if I go every week, it's not more than that. Then I go Tuesdays if it's half price or whatever, right? What I'm saying is by cutting on that, I'm not doing anything. My bank account won't see a significant increase in savings. $600 a year, I won't even notice it. I rather than we were talking about what can we do to invest in a place where we can easily get $1,000, $2,000 a year returns. Mm. Right? We can mm. focus on bigger things rather than just small, small items. That That's not going to do much to you. If you focus mm. on the big ticket items is what's going to make all sense. Like you will see a huge difference in your bank account mm. if you focus on the big ticket items. I like that. And it's a trade-off in a way, right? You don't want to stop watching movies because movies is a passion. And holding I mean, yourself yes. back from buying a movie would be like, you know, depriving yourself of a very beautiful moment of just doing what you really love doing, which is sitting back and being entertained. I feel the same way about like, I'm a huge uh, record collector. I love buying music. I mean, I buy physical product. I love it. And I haven't counted how much I spend per year, but I'm sure it's in the thousands of dollars and I'm sure it's too much. But I, I was asking myself this question the other day and I said, it brings me so much joy in life to buy music and listen to music it's not just to buy to have it and just expose it as a i have stuff but rather because i really love the art form i love listening to music but i realized if i'm going to do that then i have to cut at other places because i can't sustain buying you know records every week and not and then you know trying to save a few dollars on a on a watermelon or a pack of chips right so what you've just said has really opened my horizon and thinking, okay, so where can I be more thoughtful, but still keep what I really love doing so that we don't, you know, necessarily stop ourselves from spending on things that we do that bring us pure joy and that we love doing. But at the same time, look at our other stuff that we spend on sometimes and go, I don't really need this, or I don't really have to buy this. It's like an unnecessary spend. Or, you know, if you're, if you like drinking wine, maybe just have a, a bottle of wine on Saturdays and Sundays and forget the Mondays and the Fridays and the Thursdays and start saving there so that you can put it on stuff that you like or whatever. But uh, I, I understand what you're saying that the big ticket items is what's going to bring you the biggest returns. But I think also you have to look at what you're what what you brings you joy also. Like you love eating avocados at fifteen dollars. If they are fifteen dollars, you're not gonna stop eating it. But 
and another you'll, you'll be more thoughtful if it comes to going to a restaurant or yeah. ordering out because you can have great avocados at home and make yourself a great guacamole and you don't have to go buy it or at a at a grocery store for maybe twice the price. So very good stuff that you just brought up, Samuel, and I think that you've opened a lot of pathways of reflection. Any last thoughts? Any last words of wisdom before uh, we close up this episode on resilience twenty twenty four? I think I think I would just say uh, be very resilient. Anybody who is um, saying that you can't do it or something like that, even in terms of work, career, finance. Uh, don't listen to them. Just continue with what works for you. Uh, some methodologies are very traditional, but if they work for you, then you can continue following them rather than just changing it around or right, not not sticking to it. Mm. One last thing I would add to all of everything you said: educate yourself. 100%. Go read on what's going on. Don't just take everything that people give you in the news, which is meant to make you react and panic. Go educate yourself. Go look on some websites, some money websites, some financial websites, and go see what's really going on so that you can understand how money works and how you can better benefit from your paycheck and where to invest your money. Yes, sir. I totally agree. Samil, see you in the next episode. Yes, sir. See you in the next episode. I was It was very much fun. I like talking about this. Uh, we should do this more often. We know that. We can see you the way that you talk with passion and move your arms. You know you're, you're passionate about the subject. I'll see you in the next episode, Samuel. See you soon. Thanks. What a great episode. And I want to formally invite you to head out to the rodshabbat.com store where you'll find everything Rod. Uh, you can sign up for my bi-weekly newsletter. You can check out my little store with books, habit trackers, and pretty soon a brand new live program that I'm creating that I can't wait to share. So whatever's rod is on that website. So head on out and go check it out. And I hope to connect with you soon. And until then, I'll see you in the next episode.